0: Well, hello to everyone. Uh, When we set out uh, to start looking at Joel, I suppose about ten weeks ago now, we realised that these prophecies were sent and given to us for a reason. And if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11, you'll see why These prophecies are given to us. 1 Corinthians 10 uh, gives an example of what happened to the children of Israel as they travelled through this wilderness. And as we go through the wilderness of life daily, We have to remember that there is nothing spiritual in this world upon which we can grow and develop our our Christian lives. The children of Israel, God supplied them with water, with quail, with manna, with various things. There was nothing in the desert that they could live on. And we must get that into our heads as Christians. There's nothing in this world for us to live by. And in verse 11 of 1 Corinthians, it says, Now all these things happened unto them for an example. And they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the ages are come they are written for our instruction to admonish us and equip us as we grow uh, through this life and as we look at books and uh, like Joel and other portions of scripture we must get that into our heads that we can only go through this wilderness of life by the power of God and the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And so we read in Hebrews chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 1, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past Unto the fathers by the prophets. By the prophets. God hath spoken in past times by the prophets. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. Whom he hath appointed heir of all things. By whom also he made the worlds who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high the Lord Jesus Christ who being the brightness of his glory the glory of his father and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high there's something to note there just by the way purgatory is not a place It's a figment of the imagination of churches. The Lord Jesus Christ hath purged our sins by himself. Purgatory is a person, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by himself purged our sins. And then the work of salvation was complete and he sat down on the right hand of the Majesty on High. We pray that the same Spirit who guided and spoke to these prophets, the same Holy Spirit who came to this earth on that wonderful day of Pentecost, and who was still on this earth, and he dwells in each born-again believer, We pray that he may guide us into the paths of truth and righteousness. Our Lord explained to his disciples about the work of the Holy Spirit. He says in John 16 and verse 13 John 16 and verse 13 How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself and whatsoever ye shall hear uh, that shall he speak whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come so for this reason alone it is important to study prophecies Especially in these end time days. And learn from these prophetic scriptures. The ways of God in this evil world. And so we come again to the short book of Joel. Last week we looked at the hordes gathered into the valley of Jehoshaphat. The valley of decision. It would appear that these Gentile nations were forced against their will, unknown to them, but God addressed them and they had to attend. Proclaim this, verse 9 in uh, Joel chapter 3. Proclaim this among the nations, declare a war, arouse the mighty ones, Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Come together, all ye nations round about. Gather yourselves together. Thither cause thy mighty ones to come down, O Jehovah. Let the nations arise and come up To the valley of Jehoshaphat. That's in Joel chapter 3 verses 9 to 11. And they came. And why did they come? Verse 12. Let the nations arise and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. Now it certainly appears that these nations were gathered by God. Perhaps their hatred of the Jews, the Lord's chosen people, was so great that this command must have in a way appeared to them an opportunity to return aggression upon Israel. I don't know. Whatever the reason, they all came up to the valley of Jehoshaphat but then we have this uh, section of chapter 3 from verse 13 Put ye in the sickle for the harvest is ripe Come, get you down for the press is full the vats overflow for their wickedness is great Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision but the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon shall be darkened, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. The Lord also shall roar out of Zion, and utter his voice from Jerusalem. And the heavens and the earth shall shake. But the Lord will be the hope Of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. And we saw how Jesus spoke about this occasion. That will take place in this valley of Jehoshaphat. And then the day of the Lord will be amongst us. We looked at the various interpretations of this parable of the valley of the uh, sheep and the goats. Now there are those who teach that this will be a valley where those attending will be given an opportunity whether or not to decide whether they would follow Christ. That is not correct. This valley will be a time when our Saviour will act as a judge and on those who have caused so much hardship and sorrow to his chosen people for untold generations. This will be a time of threshing, a time of dividing the sheep from the goats, a time of a permanent division when the righteous, the sheep, will be gathered into a, a time of Untold blessing and those that goats into a time of everlasting agony and torture. Can one realise the horror and result of verse sixteen on the guilty? But it ends. Horror of what will happen to those who are guilty. But it ends, the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. What a change is going to happen in those days. Of course, not only the Gentile nations will be affected, but also those Jews who sided with the Antichrist and renounced their faith will be included in this punishment. However, before we move on, let us first look again at the day of the Lord and consider again the difference between the coming of the Lord. And I want to read a few verses in First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians, chapter 4, And verse 13, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not go before them which are asleep. the rapture of the church and so shall we ever be with the Lord and then it says verse 18 wherefore comfort one another with these words comfort one another with these words you know we're living in days when some people are worried some people are concerned tell them About the word of God. The future we have. The rapture of the church. The Lord coming to take. Those who are alive and remain. Will be caught up with those who have gone before us. And we will all meet in the air. What a wonderful day that's going to be. And it says. Comfort one another. With these words. The coming of the Lord. And then we have the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. Joel 2 and verse 31. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. This will be when our Lord will return to this earth at the end of the great tribulation. It's important that we get the coming of the Lord For his people in the air and the day of the Lord when Christ will come to deliver his people in the day of the Lord. And now we're going to look briefly into verses in Joel chapter 3 and reading from verse 17. The final verses of the book of Joel. Joel 3 verse 17 So shall ye know that I am the Lord your God, dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Then shall Jerusalem be holy, and there shall no strangers pass through her any more. And I just want to stress again, this is a, a scene we're seeing here which will be on earth. Jerusalem will be Jerusalem as it is today in that place. And it shall come to pass in that day that the mountains shall drop down new wine and the hills shall flow with milk and all the rivers of judah shall flow with waters and the fountain shall come forth out of the house of the lord and shall water the valley of Shittim. egypt shall be a desolation and edom shall be a desolate wilderness for the violence against the children of judah Because they have shed innocent blood in their land. But Judah shall dwell forever. And Jerusalem from generation to generation. For I will cleanse their blood that I have not cleansed. For the Lord dwelleth in Zion. Jerusalem. But Judah shall dwell forever in Jerusalem from generation to generation. For I will cleanse their blood that I have not cleansed. For the Lord dwelleth in Zion, Jerusalem on earth. What does that verse mean? I will cleanse their blood. Now if we look at Lamentations chapter 4. And verse 14 gives us a slight help here. Lamentations chapter 4, verse 14. They have wandered as blind men in the streets. They have polluted themselves with blood, so that men could not touch their garments. Israel has been held responsible for the slaying of the righteous Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, as Peter had accused them on the day of Pentecost. And as a result, they had become polluted through the death of a righteous man. But at this time, they will turn again to the Lord, And at this time, they will be cleansed from that unrighteous act. Isaiah chapter 4 and verse 4. Isaiah chapter 4 and verse 4. When the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion, and shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem From the midst thereof, by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning, Israel will be brought back into fellowship with God. That's what this chapter in Joel is all about. Now, have you ever noticed? How often the prophets, quite frequently, end their books, not with disaster looming, but with a spirit of optimism and of a bright future. Perhaps you've never noticed this, but it's worth reading through just a few examples to give you what I mean. For instance... In Joel chapter 3 and verse 1, we have a good example. For behold, in those days and in that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem. Looking forward to a time when God would once again be the Lord of the chosen people, his chosen people. For instance, look at verse 3.16, which we read a few minutes ago. But the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. The world today says God has given up on the Jewish nation this theology or supposed theology of replacement theology the churches believe that God is finished with Israel let's look for a few more examples of a bright hope, a bright future in the world to come Amos Amos 9, verses 13 to 15. Amos 9, 13 to 15. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treasure of grapes shall him that soweth seed, and the mountain shall drop sweet wine, and all the hills shall melt and i will bring again the captivity of my people of israel and they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them and they shall plant vineyards and drink the wine thereof and they shall also make gardens and eat the fruit of them and i will plant them upon their land and they shall no more they shall no more be pulled up out of their land which I have given them uh, saith the Lord thy God Obadiah chapter 1 verse 20 and the captivity of this host of the children of Israel shall possess that of the Canaanites even upon Zarephath and the captivity of Jerusalem uh, which is, is Sheberat and they shall possess the cities of the south. One or two more examples. Micah, the prophet Micah, chapter seven and verse eighteen to twenty. Micah seven, eighteen to twenty. Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity, and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. We spoke about the, the godly remnant, remnant a few weeks ago. He retaineth not his anger forever, because he delighteth in mercy. He will turn again, he will have compassion upon us, He will subdue our iniquities and will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Thou wilt perform the truth to Jacob and the mercy to Abraham which thou hast sworn unto our fathers from the days of old always throughout the scriptures in the Old Testament there was this hope and these promises that God would bring back those people who had been scattered, the Jewish nation throughout the world. Zephaniah, chapter 3 and verse 19. I suppose some of you don't read Zephaniah and some of these smaller prophets uh, that much but here's one Zephaniah chapter 3 verses 19 and 20 behold at that time talking about the time of the day of the Lord and what the subsequent return of Christ to the earth at that time I will undo all that afflict thee that's a wonderful promise I will undo all that afflict thee and I will save her that halteth and gather her that was driven out and I will get them praise and fame in every land where they have been put to shame Where the Jews today are held in shame, God says, I will undo all that. At that time, at that time, I will bring you again, even in the time that I gather you, for I will make you a name and a praise among all people of the earth. When I turn back your captivity before your eyes, saith the Lord what a wonderful set of promises there we could go on if you get out your Bible and read through just one more here in Ezekiel Ezekiel chapter 39 and verse 25 Ezekiel 39 and verse 25 therefore thus saith the Lord God Now I will bring again the captivity of Jacob and have mercy upon the whole house of Israel and they will be jealous for my holy name. After that they have borne their shame and after all their trespasses whereby they have trespassed against me when they dwelt safely in their land. And none made them afraid. When I have brought them again. From the people. And gathered them out of their enemies lands. And am sanctified in them. In the sight of many nations. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God. Which caused them to be led into captivity among the heathen. But I have gathered them. Unto their own land, and have left none of them any more there. Neither will I hide my face any more from them. For I have poured out my spirit unto the house of Israel, saith the Lord God. And we have that verse in Joel that we've looked at in previous weeks. I will pour out my spirit unto all flesh. Speaking of God's return in favor of the Jews. And so, in contrast, we have other verses in Scripture. We've had those verses where if we go through the Scriptures in the Old Testament, the Old Testament prophets end up usually with a... Song of victory, which they are looking forward to. And there's that expression you get now and again, in that day, in that day, in that day, when the Lord returns again to his land on earth and he will set them again in that land forever. But you know, people don't believe that. People believe that the churches today are preparing the earth in readiness for the return of the Lord. And these uh, churches believe that things are getting better. They will have this land prepared for the return of the Lord. Now, in contrast, let us search through the New Testament to find a similar situation as to the world in the last days as we've seen in the prophecies. In the book of Revelation, there are seven churches which they tell us about. Look through those seven churches in Revelation and see if you will find there a situation where everything is wonderful and they're just waiting for the coming of the Lord. Ephesus, Revelation 2 verse 5 Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent, except thou repent. Thyatira, the church of Thyatira, Revelation 2, verse 19. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first, notwithstanding I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, suffer her to teach and seduce my servants to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according To your works. Sardis. Another church. Revelation 3. Verse 2. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. That are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect. Before God. And then one church again. Is Laodicea. The church of Laodicea. And these churches represent areas of the life of churches right from the time of when they were written in Revelation and each era as it passes. Laodicea, they reckon, is about the way most churches act and behave in these days. And So what do we see in Laodicea? Chapter 3 in Revelation and verse 15. I know thy works. Jesus speaking to these churches. I know thy works. That thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm. And neither cold nor hot. I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. Oh, he says, I counsel thee to buy of me gold dried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with salve, that thou mayest see oh yes we see examples of churches similar to Laodicea around us these days We need the Lord to touch our eyes that we may see clearly what he would have us do. Surely in the situation we see in mainstream churches, as we have seen in previous talks, and last week we spoke of the great white throne judgment the great white throne judgment which is in Revelation and we saw where various uh, men of renown have their own ideas about certain sections of scripture and the great white throne judgment The day of the Lord The judgment seat of Christ The coming of the Lord They have put All those different Sections And promises of God In the scriptures All crammed them in To the great white throne Judgment You know I'm sure you've heard me say sometime That the future events Are a bit like a portly Victorian gentleman and his ample uh, suede waistcoat I suppose and it has a lot of buttons down the front on one side we have the leather buttons on the other side we have the buttonholes and if we start to assume that the buttons refer to portions of scripture. The rapture of the church. A button for the judgment seat of Christ. A button for the day of the Lord. A button for the coming of the Lord. Another button for the great white throne judgment. Different buttons. And he has to button up this waistcoat. And he looks and he's looking for the buttonhole that says the rapture of the church. And there's no button, no buttonhole for it. He looks for the judgment seat of Christ. There's no buttonhole for it. He looks for the day of the Lord. There's no buttonhole for it. And then he comes to the great white throne judgment. And there's only one buttonhole, but he has to try and get all those other things in through that buttonhole. I mean, the thing's ludicrous, but that's what's happening. They men have decided which portions of scripture apply and where they apply and how they should be applied. And sadly, we end up with a waistcoat that is very badly out of joint. Jude chapter 1 and verse 4. The churches in Jude's time. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, and denying the only Lord God, our Lord Jesus Christ. The churches in Jude's time, they were far away from the true teaching of Scripture. Read through the New Testament and you will see there is no situation presented where the churches are in any way prepared for the coming of Christ to this earth and take over a kingdom which has been prepared prepared by the church. Rather, it is a future of sin and folly and witnesses and wickedness which we see. Let's read second Timothy 3 verses 1 to 13. Second Timothy 3 1 to 13 and see what the Holy Spirit has recorded as what will happen in the last days. This know also incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janes and Sambres uh, withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith, for they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, Persecutions and afflictions which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, where persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. That's the future we have in this world. Things are getting worse. People will tell us things are improving. The Bible says, Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived. You know just read through the parables of our Lord Jesus Christ. The the parable of the sower. Was that a a parable showing that the the sower when he was sowing the seed. It's going to be a fantastic harvest. He sowed the seed and it fell on four different types of land the rocky ground, the byway, and and so on. And only one of the four fell on good soil ready for the seed. But even in that one and four, even in that 25% of the, the, the types of ground, only a small portion of that Produced a hundred percent, then there was 60 and 30. It's we Christians need to be raised from our slumbering in a world which is lost and be led astray by so much false teaching. Joel had the same problem, he was trying to get the people. Back on the way to God. May God help us all. Who profess faith and trust in God. To stand up for Jesus. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. Ye soldiers of the Lord. May that be our prayer. As we go forth. Into another week. That we may. Obey. And follow our master day by day.